Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811. Three more police officers shot, this time in Houston. And you can go online and you can see a security camera footage captured the chase between the police officers and this individual. And the number of police officers shot this year is a record. And shot dead. There are in fact illegal aliens involved in a number of these shootings. Just as there was an illegal alien involved in the synagogue outside of Dallas, Texas. Now, a couple of things here. We must have long memories, folks. It wasn't that long ago that I had to come behind this microphone day in and day out and defend police officers in this country against lies about systemic racism, against lies about shooting people of color, blacks in particular. On and on and on it went. And there is now an obvious, to those who care, trend here. That the Democrat Party and the media are destroying this country. They're destroying the civil society. They're taking up the case of the reprobate. They're taking up the case of the offender. They're taking up the case of the illegal alien. They push the narratives, the anti-American narratives. They defend these various American Marxist movements. They're of these various American Marxist movements. Racism, bigotry, anti-Semitism, you name it. Now this is very serious. 
when you have a corrupt media, an intellectually dishonest media, and people who watch TV, and there's a lot of people who watch TV, including criminals, and they dehumanize people with whom they disagree, or they dehumanize people as targets of the American Marxist movements. They create violence. And violence creates injury and death. We don't have a systemically racist police, for, uh, police uh, entity in this country. There may be individual officers, maybe a police force here and there. But police, as a, as a rule, are not systemically racist. Maybe you were stopped more times than other people, in particular areas and so forth. But maybe the statistics bore that out. We're just not allowed to have that discussion. But more and more, people who aren't victims play the role of a victim. More and more. People who aren't victims play the role of a victim. Economic victims, law enforcement victims, and on and on. The media in this country, and I play these people all the time, has that hate on. And they want to destroy anything that gets in their way. Whether it's Trump and his supporters, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's conservative talk radio or Fox, get in the way in that they don't just march behind them. Do Chuck Todd and George Stephanopoulos, do Joy Reid, and this woman, what is the other one? I can never remember her name. And Tiffany Cross, do they take any responsibility for any of this? AOC, she take any responsibility for any of this? Cory Bush? Cory Booker? No, of course not. How about Kamala Harris and her activist role in supporting rioters? How about Joe Biden? Who doesn't lift a finger? Does he take any role? Does the Democrat Party take any role? Or I should say responsibility. The answer is no. And they're not going to be held to account. And they know that. And they don't care. Who's going to hold the media to account? Who? Who's going to hold the Democrat Party to account? I will tell the Republicans, if and when they take over the House of Representatives, that I'm going to lead an effort here behind this microphone that I've touched on it a few times. But I'm going to push it hard to impeach Joe Biden, to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security. For many, many reasons. To impeach the Attorney General of the United States. They are in positions of responsibility. The borders are wide open, intentionally so. We were contacted the other day with this video you're seeing all over television. About how the feds, through these federal contractors, are bringing in illegal aliens into New York. And this is happening in every, virtually every state. And the local police don't even know what the hell's going on. We can't have government like this that doesn't 
coordinate with other levels of government that doesn't talk to the American people. We cannot have this. We have tons of fentanyl coming into this country, killing our young people. Tons of fentanyl. We have rapists coming in here, MS-13 coming in here, carjackers coming in here, kidnappers coming in here. The cartels are making a fortune. A ton. We have sex slavery in this country like we've never seen before. And the media tolerate it. Jim Acosta is busy calling the governor of Virginia effectively a Stalinist. Liz Cheney's busy trying to take over the Republican Party when she conducts a Stalinist-like hearing. What's going on is a, is, is, is a disaster for the American people. A disaster. And we cannot forget what entities and what individuals undermine law enforcement across this country that has resulted in the mayhem and the chaos as if we are a third world involved in a civil war. The bodies are piling up. The innocent people that are being murdered and maimed the stores that have to shutter. This isn't America. It's the Democrat Party and the media. It's the American Marxist ideology. Some people, you're really over the top of this American Marxist stuff. I am right on the target. I am hitting the nail right on the head. One day, that'll be understood by more than just us. By more than just us. When you are destroying law enforcement, then attacking the Second Amendment, people can't protect themselves. And even if they can use the Second Amendment, then you have Soros prosecutors charging them when they use their guns to protect themselves, their property, their homes, perceived threats, disarming them by legal attack. So we have these three policemen shot in Houston. The latest word is they're stable. We have two policemen murdered in New York. This is the last 48 hours. Now if a policeman shoots an individual and there's a crowd around and there's an iPhone and if the policeman's white and the individual's black or not white I should say we automatically have a civil rights issue. Tell me, those three policemen shot in Houston, what were their race, Mr. Producer? We have no idea. Because it only goes one way. That's what happens when you politicize civil rights and you politicize crime. And you lie about systemic racism. This country is diverse in every respect. It's the least racist country on the planet. We send people to war to fight and defend individuals who are complete strangers, who don't look like us, who don't practice the same religion as the vast majority of the Christians in this country. And as I've said many, many times, 
you look at our military cemeteries. Nobody ever answers me on this. You want to talk about white privilege? The vast majority of people who are dead in these military graves are white Christian men. Not all, obviously. Some are Jewish, some are Muslim, some are atheists, whatever. Some are black, some are this, some are that. Absolutely, we have heroes. And I'm the one saying it. In every corner of this country with every background. But what you see most of are seas of crosses. And in the ground, seas of white men. Even though other people die for this country too. Again, black, Hispanic, you name it. We should at least accept the fact that the media in this country, the Democrat Party, tenured professors, that there are people in this country who are ripping us apart, who are undermining our traditions and institutions, who are poisoning our history and our patriotism, whether they're overpaid football players, whether they're overpaid basketball players or ESPN broadcasters, whether they're overpaid broadcasters at CNN or MSNBC, whether they're tenured useless professors at one university or another, whether they're individuals making a fortune off of books promoting America as a racist nation, whether they are union bosses and Democrat politicians. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. We had a very smart caller last evening who asked me what I thought was a relatively straightforward question. Can the Vice President of the United States, as the President of the Senate, break a tie vote, cast a tie vote, should there be a 50-50 vote for a Supreme Court nominee? And I said yes. After the program, I wasn't happy with that answer. And I think the caller's inference is it's fairly complicated. The caller 
if that was his inference, is correct. So I spent a lot of time last night and very early this morning studying this issue, reading what's available out there. Of course, the text of the Constitution and the plain reading of the Constitution really is about process and legislation, not about nominees. Then I've looked at the history and several nominees to various positions in the executive branch have in fact been confirmed by 51 to 50 votes or the equivalent thereof with the vice president casting the the tie-breaking vote as the president of the Senate. But this has never ever happened with the Supreme Court. The occasion has never presented itself. And I'm going to discuss this maybe later this hour, but certainly by the second hour, there's only one court mentioned in the Constitution. It's the United States Supreme Court. Congress created all the other courts. Uh, The circuit courts, uh, how many circuit courts there would be, how many judges on the circuit courts, the federal district courts, and other courts. But not the Supreme Court. So while the number of justices was not provided for in the Constitution, the court itself was. So just to give you a little taste of this, and I will jump into this much more deeply, I went and looked at the Federalist Papers. We have a few hints from Hamilton there. But the biggest hint, again, is going back to the text. The plain reading of the text. It does not encompass... Nominees. Now we have a history of nominees receiving votes from vice presidents as presidents as presidents of the Senate, but not a Supreme Court justice. And again, the Supreme Court is the only court mentioned in the Constitution. And it's mentioned in Article Three. Article One broadly stated Congress. Article two broadly stated the executive branch. Article three broadly stated the adjudication, the court. So I got to thinking, do we really believe the framers of the Constitution would give the executive branch the power to nominate an individual to the Supreme Court? And should there be a tie to confirm that same individual? Now think about what I'm saying. I have not seen this argument anywhere. I'm just trying to digest everything that I took in. I don't believe this would serve the purposes of an independent court or separation of powers. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. 
Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. Well, since I started it, I guess I should elaborate a little bit and underscore it. So the backbenchers, when they regurgitate it tomorrow, they will, they will have this straight. As you know, to keep it as elementary as I can, the Constitution sets up three separate branches. This wasn't a foregone conclusion. There were big battles over this, trying to figure it out, the best way to handle this. There were also objections to the proposal that the vice president should be the president of the Senate. But quite frankly, they didn't know what other job to give the vice president. And so, if the Senate's tied, they needed a way to address that. So, the vice president serving as the president of the Senate, you know, the vice president of the United States could sit up at that chair in the Senate every day because she's the president of the Senate. Doesn't have a lot of power, cast a vote, you know, oversee the uh, parliamentary procedures or Robert's rules, if you will. So if there's a tie vote, she can vote to break the tie votes on legislation. What about on nominees? Early on, when it came to certain types of nominees, vice president would cast the vote. There was some debate about it, not a lot of litigation. There's a little bit of litigation about this, actually, but not a ton. And um, then you see... uh, Situations, particularly starting in the 70s, where these votes would get closer and closer, so a vice president might need to break a tie vote. Now, Vice President Pence voted many times, more than most vice presidents, to break a tie vote for cabinet nominees. For instance, uh, Betsy DeVos. Now, why did he have to do that? Because really... The attack on Trump's ability to fill his government was like nothing else we'd ever seen. So you'd have these close votes, and Pence was, as president of the Senate, he voted several times on nominees, 51-50, to get them over the finish line. And there's a couple of instances of procedures that allowed uh, the voting of a judge. Well, they needed a majority vote, or they needed to overcome the filibuster. There's never been such a vote on a Supreme Court nominee. There's never had to be. And I'm going to predict to you right now there won't be here. Why? Because you'll have members of the Senate, like Romney, Collins, Murkowski, and they're not alone, who are not going to want to stop the installing of, quote-unquote, a historic figure. You might even have Lindsey Graham. I don't know. I don't think you're going to see 50 Republicans voting no. Unless Biden does something truly outrageously stupid. And I think they'll be a little bit more careful on this, and they won't just leave it to his own devices. But that aside, as a practical matter, as I say, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's any good arguments, as I've studied this now, for the position that the Vice President of the United States can cast a tie vote to confirm a Supreme Court justice. I think all the arguments are to the negative. 
We talked about the three branches, separation of powers. Supreme Court justices are lifetime appointees to make them independent from the other branches. And it would be a strange, a strange thing indeed if the entire procedures set up in the Constitution to create these separate branches competing against themselves in hopes that they'll be co-equal to prevent the concentration of power. It would be strange indeed if the argument is that a president can nominate a a potential justice to the Supreme Court and in a 50-50 Senate, should that be the, the, uh, the, the vote, that his vice president, by casting her vote, could then confirm to a lifetime appointment under Article 3 a Supreme Court justice nominated by her boss. I don't know how much more clearly I can say it, Mr. Producer. I see no support for that. None whatsoever. Even though it wasn't teed up exactly as I said. For all the other reasons, when you read the Federalist Papers, when you look at the the structure of the Constitution, when you look at the arguments that were made in Philadelphia, to allow the Vice President, as the President of the Senate, to cast a tie-breaking vote on a Supreme Court justice literally undermines the entire enterprise. But here's the next question. So number one, I don't see it happening as a practical matter. Number two, I don't think constitutionally uh, it could be supported in any way. Anyway. But here's the next question. Number three. The Democrats are brazen. They're power hungry. They're rogue. They have no respect for the Constitution, even though they wave it around when they can. And those who wrote it. They've made that abundantly clear. And they want to change it not by convention, not by amendment, but by a 50-50 vote in the Senate with the help of the Vice President, 51-50, and three or four extra votes in the House. So they are more than happy to embrace lawlessness. And should they do that, should the situation arise where it's 50-50... And Harris, despite what I'm saying to you, votes to confirm the nominee. So it's 51-50. Remember, the House has no role in this. What can the Republicans do? You you might say, sue them. Take it to the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court has an interest in this, too. You're talking about adjudicating the issue of whether one of its members can be chosen effectively by the Vice President of the United States with a tie vote. Would the Supreme Court take the case up? Would they call it a political question? Of course, it's bigger than a political question under the political doctrine. This is a four corners constitutional issue, just as it was during the last election when you had uh, different state officials changing the election processes in these various states when only the state legislature can do it. That was a teed-up, four-corners constitutional issue that the court not only should have taken up, because it didn't, it is created, and you will see quite a bit of electoral anarchy, I, I predict. 
So that will be a question, too. The court takes it up, nobody can stop them. If it doesn't take it up, nobody can stop them. But you wouldn't want a justice serving on the Supreme Court based on that scenario, I can tell you that. Because that justice will never be looked at as legitimate. Oh, they may make movies about that justice and Hollywood is the first this or the first that. But there will always be that asterisk. Always. For those who care. But who knows. So if you take the opposite position, you... You bump into, you don't bump into, you crash into the separation of powers issue. You crash into the text of the Constitution. You crash into the Federalist Papers. And you crash into the fact that you really don't have any argument to support your position. Other than to say that a vice president serving as Senate has voted before on nominations. We're not talking about nominations. We're talking about the Supreme Court the only court that is actually created directly by the United States Constitution. I hope that clears things up. I want to thank the gentleman last night. I forget his name for the question. Uh, It deserved more attention, and now I'm giving it more attention. This much we do know. I'm going to take a little early break here because I'm going to need the bit longer segment. I have an article in front of me, Black Lives Matter Unaccounted For After Leaders Quietly Jump Ship. Now, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Because we had to deal with this for two years. What is going on at Black Lives Matter right now? Does it even exist? We'll be right back. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Some, by the way, are, are rightly pointing to uh, Federalist Number 69, certainly one of the places to point to, where Hamilton writes, in the national government that the Senate should be divided, no appointment should be made, um, you know, contrasting the Constitution with state governments or other places. In other words, um, In terms of the deciding vote, quote-unquote, by the vice president, the president of the Senate, advice and consent of the Senate, this would disrupt that. If the Senate should be divided, no appointment could be made. 50-50, 
is no different than 5149 if the confirmation doesn't occur. See what I'm saying? 5050 is a loss. As much as 51 against, 49-4 is a loss under the Constitution. That's the way it is. It's not like a tie and we go into overtime or a tie we have to figure out what to do. A tie is a loss, as if a tie would be a loss in baseball or football sporting events, and typically it's not. But it is when it comes to a Supreme Court justice. A tie is a loss. If you remember that, then you'll get this right, and I know you will. Black Lives Matter. Excellent piece by Andrew Kerr, investigative reporter, the Washington Examiner. This is important. No one appears to have been in charge of Black Lives Matter for months. The address it lists on tax forms is wrong. The charity's two board members won't say who controls its $60 million bankroll, a Washington Examiner investigation has found. BLM's shocking lack of transparency surrounding its finances and operations raises major legal and ethical red flags, multiple charity experts told the Washington Examiner. Like a giant ghost ship full of treasure drifting in the night with no captain, no discernible crew, and no clear direction, Charity Watch Executive Director Lori Citron said of BLM, Styron, excuse me. BLM co-founder Patrice Colliers appointed two activists to serve as the group's senior directors following her resignation in May amid scrutiny over her personal finances. But both quietly announced in September that they never took the jobs due to disagreements with BLM. They told the Washington Examiner they don't know who now leads the nation's most influential social justice organization. That's not correct. It's a Marxist organization. Paul Kaminar, counsel for the conservative watchdog group, the National Legal and Policy Center, he's terrific, and that group is terrific, said a full audit and investigation to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the legal entity that represents the national BLM movement, is warranted. He said this is grossly irregular and improper for a nonprofit with $60 million in its coffers. BLM previously came under fire from local black activists after the New York Post reported in April that Collier's then its executive director had spent $3.2 million on real estate across the United States. Uh, the reports, the BLM denied allegations that Collier spent BLM funds on her personal properties. However, BLM and other activist organizations under Collier's control offered contracts to an art company led by the father of her only child, the Daily Caller reported. Collier's announced in May she was stepping down and that activists Makani Themba and Manifa Bandeli would lead the organization as senior executives. But Themba and Bandeli revealed in September they never actually took the job because of disagreements with BLM's, quote, acting leadership council, unquote. They both told the Washington Examiner they do not know who took over as BLM's top executive after their departure, and neither would say who served on the council. We never actually started in the position, so we never received any detailed information. Now, with the charity's finances, while a charity's finances are ultimately the responsibility of its board of directors, BLM's bylaws explicitly state it's the executive director, quote, who shall have charge of all funds and securities of the corporation, unquote. 
Look at that, Mr. Producer, a Marxist corporation. The two remaining BLM board members, Shalamaya Bowers and Raymond Howard, did not return numerous requests for comment asking who's been in charge of BLM and its money since Collier's left the charity in May. Well, how intriguing. We can't get a basic answer. Bowers served as the treasurer for multiple activist organizations run by Collier's, including BLM PAC, and a Los Angeles-based jail reform group that paid Collier's $20,000 a month and dropped nearly $26,000 for meetings, quote-unquote, at a luxury Malibu Beach resort in 2019. I wonder if they're counting as Hunter Biden, Mr. Producer. So recently as last Friday, Howard's Lincoln profile stated he's the director of operations for, quote, an international social justice organization, unquote. His page was modified after the Washington Examiner contacted Howard for comment. Now states he serves as the director of operations for, quote, a nonprofit. A reference to Howard's position as the finance operations manager of New Impact Partners, a Daytona, Ohio-based consulting firm owned by his sister, was also removed from his Lincoln profile. Boy, this overthrowing our government business is getting very complicated and lucrative for some people. Also, as recently as last Friday, a website for New Impact Partners attributed a quote to Raymond from Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, thanking the consulting firm for its help solving BLM's organizational challenges. The attribution was removed from the website after the Washington Examiner asked Howard how much BLM has paid his sister's firm. Now, despite New Impact Partners' apparent efforts to conceal its affiliation with BLM, the consulting firm continues to solicit applications for its, quote, talent network, unquote, which it says will connect job applicants directly to BLM and other activist organizations. Longtime charity expert Doug White said it's a red flag that BLM won't answer basic questions about its finances or leadership structure. $60 million isn't chump change, White said. What BLM does is of tremendous social importance that they won't give an honest or complete or straightforward answer in regards to its leadership as a concern. Not only do they not have an executive director right now, we think, but they also don't want to tell you how the organization's being run. My goodness. Well, and it goes on and on. Kaminar said his watchdog group believes there should be a full audit. Bottom line, a lot of questionable financial activity, organizational structure, location of the books, etc., that call for a full investigation. So will the IRS conduct a full investigation of Black Lives Matter? Will the Joe Biden IRS do so? And by the way, will they conduct a full-scale investigation of media matters? To see if they are, in fact, a nonprofit, bipartisan, nonpartisan charity. By all means, isn't that what Media Matters is? There seem to be a number of organizations that get a pass. But my focus here is on Black Lives Matter and its various intermediaries, umbrella organizations, which all do not seem to have a named leader or executive. Where did all the money go? All you chumps who donated to this organization, all you clowns, corporatists, clown mayors who wrote their name in the streets, why don't you follow up and tell us, where is Black Lives Matter? I'll be right back. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. There's a delegate from Virginia named Don Scott. And he takes on the new governor of, Pennsylvania, of uh, excuse me, Virginia and starts to trash him, Glenn Youngkin. He does this on the heels of Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta, who is a uh, homeless person, dressed up as a journalist. I understand he showers as often as well. I don't know why CNN keeps a reprobate like this around. They ought to kick his ass to the sidewalk. Let him get a real job for a living, and see how he does. For that matter, you look at all of CNN, they get no ratings. How do they get paid? Because they're owned ultimately by AT&T. So they're ratings proof. It's like over at MSNBC, Scarborough, and the other miscreants. They're ratings proof because they're owned by Comcast. Jim Acosta first on CNN yesterday, and you'll see there really is no difference, which I point out over and over again, between the media, the Democrat Party, and the other radicals in this American Marxist movement. Cut one, hat tip, town hall, go. I seem to remember Glenn Youngkin campaigning in a fleece vest in Virginia. He was running as a different kind of Republican. I was told there was going to be a vest, uh, not a Soviet-style police state across the Potomac from Washington. You know, Al Franken the other day compared the Republicans to the Nazis. Jim Acosta talks about a Soviet-style police state across the Potomac. Jim Acosta is part of a Soviet-style mindset. He's the propagandist for the big lie, like Liz Cheney in the so-called January 6th Select Committee. In other words, Pelosi's select hacks. Picking up on this theme was Delegate Don Scott Jr., whom none of you ever heard of before. Democrat, of course. Cut to go. When I was here about a month ago with freshmen, unexpectedly, the governor, the governor-elect at the time, he came in this chamber with the freshmen who were being trained and taught and, and talked about how we do things on the floor. And the first things that I recall him saying was that he, he had a strong prayer life and that he was praying for everybody. And so far, what I've seen from his day one activities is not someone who is a man of faith, not a Christian, but someone who wants to divide the commonwealth. Someone wants, that wants to cause division in this commonwealth. I know the truth hurts. I don't want to make you cry like saying critical race theory because I know it hurts your feelings. There you go. That's on the floor of the assembly in Virginia. One of the oldest elected bodies Still in existence. Well, Delegate Nick Freitas, I think he was on their show several years ago. He's a Republican from Virginia. 
And he heard about enough. And so he stood up. And here's what he said to Delegate Scott and beyond Delegate Scott. Cut three, go. I, I was asked by a colleague of mine on the other side of aisle, someone I actually deeply respect, and she asked me, uh, was I going to be nice this session? And I, I thought it was an interesting question. I don't particularly think of myself as a, uh, an unnice person, but I can see how sometimes people would see that differently. But you know what I've never done, Mr. Speaker? I've never got on this floor and I've challenged the faith of an elected official because I disagreed with them on policy. I've never gone on this floor, Mr. Speaker, and suggested that the other side of the aisle were racist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. I've never suggested they were sexist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. But I'm keeping a running tally so far of this session, we're not very far into it, and almost every day, almost every day, someone on the other side of the aisle either gets up and either subtly or comes right out and suggests that if you don't agree with them on policy, well, then you're not a Christian. You're a sexist. You're a bigot. You're a racist. But the moment someone actually stands up and says, wait a second, no, I'm not going to accept that. If you want to debate me on the merits of our particular policies, I am happy to have that discussion. But at the moment you claim, with no evidence other than we don't agree on a particular policy position, the moment you claim that that makes us racist or sexist or bigoted, Mr. Speaker, I've got news. This was tried during the election cycle. You had a lot of parents coming to their local elected officials asking questions about what was going on in their schools. And the initial response was, oh, it's not there. And then when they saw evidence that it was, based off of what their kids were coming home and saying to them, and they went back and reissued the concern, then they got told, oh, well, then you must be a racist. Because that has been the repeated narrative coming from certain members of the other side of the aisle. And there's been a lot of times where we've sat here politely and just took it. Mr. Speaker, not this time. I'm tired of it. My constituents are tired of it. Because when these claims are made, they're not just made against Governor Youngkin. They're not just made against us. They're made in part against the people that elected to send us here. And I don't know a single person in this chamber that I would define as racist or sexist or bigoted. We have very different ideas about how to get to particular end states where all Virginians can be happy, healthy, prosperous, and free. But just so I'm very clear, will I be nice this session? I would certainly like to be, but I'm not about to sit here and listen to that, Mr. Speaker. And then go home to my constituents and have them ask me, why didn't you stand up and defend us? So let's have a robust policy discussion. But if you're going to question the faith of the intentions of anybody that happens to disagree with you on policy, then you don't get to lecture us on compassion, tolerance, or an open debate. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. He gave him a standing ovation. I would like to hear and see more of that, would you? In your state legislatures, in the United States Congress. And you know what? If you're a guest on a cable show, or even one of these phony morning network shows, and people are talking to you this way, challenging your faith, challenging your principles, challenging your integrity or that of someone or something you believe in, then stand up and say something. 
Don't be intimidated. Stand up and be heard. It's now or never. Just like Nick Friedis there. Delegate in the Virginia General Assembly. And when he stood up and spoke, he stood up and spoke not far from where Patrick Henry stood up and spoke. Where Patrick Henry stood up and spoke. Who gave one of the greatest speeches of all times, which most of you were never taught. On whether or not Virginia should fight with the other colonies for its independence. That was the give me liberty or give me death speech. Patrick Henry was a great man. I think they call him right now a white racist, I think. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. It's an amazing thing. Who is it? today who is trashing the election processes in this country it's amazing isn't it just it's 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 incredible how they can be hypocrites contradict themselves the democrats keep trashing the election system because they want to own it they want you to lose regard for it They want you to get behind their efforts to nationalize it on behalf of the Democrat National Committee. This is their big push, as we've discussed. There's not a single proposal that would strengthen the election process and would prevent fraud. Not one. So they're the party of fraud just by their own actions. You can see that. Can you prove it? Yes, I can. Look at what they're proposing. Why wouldn't you have voter ID? They seem to be saying minorities are too stupid to follow voter ID. No, actually the Democrats who run that party are too stupid in the way they treat minorities and other people in this country. And we can go down the list, can't we? So, um, they trash the system. And here's James Clyburn at the Washington Post today. Post does it. Slimes do it. They all do it. Cut four, go. We need to beef up our elect. 
funded for our election. We need to have election day as a national holiday. Why sure. is it that we have elections on Tuesdays? In most uh, countries like ours, the elections are on weekend. Elections Except- are on the weekend? Folks, we have elections for four, five, six weeks leading up to election day. What's he talking about? In almost every industrialized country, they've gotten rid of drop boxes and mail-in voting. So he wants to play that game? He doesn't care. And justify the means. That's the nature of the Marxist mentality. He's just power-hungry. And so are the Washington Post and the New York Slimes and the rest of their media. Go ahead. But no, our election is on Tuesday. We know why elections have been put on Tuesday. Working people. You have to go through working work. people. I thought it was the Constitution. And for states, working people. Let me ask you a question. Aren't you sick and tired of people like this who make it sound like it's so hard to vote that people are really prevented from voting? Now, we've been told that people of color have a more difficult time to vote. Elderly have a more difficult time to vote. Millennials have a more difficult time to vote. Poor people have a more difficult time to vote. And now we're told working people have a more difficult time to vote. All you have to do is what the Democrats want. Now ask yourself a question. Why do they want Election Day as a national holiday? Ask yourself a question. Why? Why do they want to do that? Why don't they want voter ID? Why? Why do they want harvesting after an election? Why? Because they've figured out it helps their party. It helps their party. It's that simple. Or they wouldn't propose. It's like open borders. They figure that helps their party. They wouldn't promote spending trillions in debt. They figure it helps their party or they wouldn't do it. They do everything because remember what I said. This is the key. For the Democrat Party... The Democrat Party comes first. I say it over and over again. I've done monologue after monologue, comment after comment. I even did one monologue on Fox. I said, are we the United States of America or the United States of the Democrat Party? Which is it? It's the latter, apparently. So we need another national holiday, you see. A voting holiday. Why? Because everybody else does it. Oh, well, that's a great argument. Go ahead. And then we don't have a, a national holiday... For election day. Why? It's because it was built for the elite. It was you know built that? for the elite? Man, we have a lot of people who are the elite in this country, don't we, Mr. Producer? If you accept the figures from the last election, if you do, we had one hundred over 155 million people vote. There's 320 million people in this country, and not all of them are eligible to vote. Many of them are children or teenagers or aliens or what have you. But you see, they're the elite. So he is a liar. He's a pathological liar. He's always been a pathological liar. He trashes our institutions the way he trashed federal law enforcement at the Portland Federal Courthouse, calling federal law enforcement stormtroopers. Now he embraces stormtroopers. He's what's wrong with American politics. He's not alone. Of course, Pelosi, Cheney, we can go down that list too. But they tell us that the election system is a disaster. That only they can fix it. And then they tell us the election last time 
was one of the fairest ever. They don't make any sense, but they don't have to. It's like with the vaccine and Fauci. He says the other day that Omicron is the cause of over 99% of the virus illnesses in the country, and it's not deadly. So why are they demanding that our children wear masks when they go to school? The Omicron virus, or the variant, the impact is no different than a flu sometimes, a cold other times, a bad flu sometimes. It's almost never deadly. And as a matter of fact, on that point, see how subtle things are? I said, why do they keep pushing the vaccines? Have they been pushing the vaccines the last week to 10 days, Mr. Producer? I haven't heard a lot about pushing the vaccines. Have you? No. They're pushing the masks on our children. Why are they doing that, America? They're not even pushing the vaccine. Now, they may circle back. Why are they pushing masking our children, ladies and gentlemen? Why are they doing that in our schools? Power and control over your children. That's what it is. They don't want to give up the power. And they certainly don't want to give up the power when you tell them to leave your children alone. They've been screwing around with the minds of your children for years and you just didn't know it. And now you know it. You have states like Virginia where the governor has said parents can make this decision themselves and there will be no mask mandate. We have these, these nullifying counties, you know, much like the Confederacy in the old days. Fairfax County. They're actually suspending students that don't wear masks. They're violating the governor's, the governor's order. And they're suspending children. Arlington County. The Mark Levin Show. Live and national at 877-381-3811. There's another pernicious activity that's taking place. And one of the reasons I mention these things on the radio, because a lot of you, there's not a lot you can do, you know. But there are influential people in government at all levels who listen to this program. They're columnists, opinion makers. So it's important not to blow things up. This is very important, and I bet you've never even thought about this, because I hadn't. What's happening now is we have counties, particularly counties that do not want to abide by what the state legislature tells them to do. And you have a federal government that wants to come between these states, particularly in the Republican states, come between the executive and the legislature in the state, and these counties. So how have they figured out how to do this? Well, I'll tell you. There's an organization that's been taking a very, very close and good look at this. And um, I don't have their name. That's the problem. That said, I will get it after I discuss this at some length here. Oh, the Washington Pundit. Dragon Games, but it's the Washington Pundit. And uh, 
They say that we recently published a report on the intergovernmental agreements, IGAs, being implemented in Cochise County, Arizona, and several other counties in Arizona, which appear to create binding agreements between the County Board of Supervisors, BOS, and the federal government. The feds contracting directly, making binding agreements with the localities going around and cutting out the state. Keep something in mind. The localities were created by the state. The state is effectively, from the governing perspective, the all-powerful entity within the state boundaries. Not the school district, not the city, not the county. No. The state. The federal government has no direct role in riding roughshod over a locality or a state. The states would have never created a federal government like that, and they did not. But as you know, the American Marxist centralized government, they're always thinking of ways to defy the Constitution and the rule of law. In exchange for significant amounts of money, these county boards of supervisors under terms of the IGA, that is the Intergovernmental Agreements, must do as they are told by the Centers for Disease Control and Health and Human Services Secretary. There do not seem to be any restrictions on the government's power over these county officials, and the boards of supervisors are seemingly enslaving their constituents to the federal government, all without approval from the state legislature. These people are so diabolical, they're so evil. We previously showed IGA agreements have been set up in Cochise and in penal counties. We began doing a little digging to see what other counties in Arizona might have created these backdoor agreements with the feds, and an alarming pattern emerged, and you should check your own county and your own states. It appears that nearly all the conservative counties... And those with military bases have been targeted for intergovernmental agreements. In contrast, more liberal-leaning counties have received funds from the federal government, but have not been locked into similar agreements. So you can see what's happening. Blue counties are compliant no matter what. They want to get around their state governments, the Republicans. But conservative red counties and more military-populated counties... They're told, if you want this money or that money, you need to sign this deal with the federal government, the CDC. And so they outline details of other counties in Arizona that have implemented these troubling agreements with the federal government. We will have this, as we always do, on my website, marklevinshow.com, soon after the program, where we, any article or any original source that I use is linked there, and this will be linked there as well. So they have these, intercon- these intergovernmental agreements, these IGAs. And this is how they're getting around these governors and these state legislatures. And in the blue states, it's not a big deal because they're more than happy to comply. In fact, some of them go further. I thought you'd want to know about this because this is now the latest scheme. And you're going to see this scheme used by HUD. And it is being used by HUD to destroy single-family housing to destroy homes with 
white fences and maybe an acre of land or half an acre or two acres or whatever. You're going to see more and more of this. Because the government is not working to improve your life. The government is working to control your life. And that's what the Democrats stand for. It's really that simple. Now I want to begin this, even though I don't have a lot of time in this segment. We told you the other day about Bill Mulligan, the reporter at Fox News, reporting on how ICE is releasing illegal aliens with criminal histories. Don't worry, it's just a a misdemeanor, they said. Like what? Assault and battery? Oh, Drunk while intoxicated under the influence? Whatever happened to mad in these other groups? I would think they'd be mad right now. Our government is intentionally letting people into this country with criminal records. That's the bottom line. They can call misdemeanors. These are dangerous, dangerous criminals. Illegal aliens are coming into this country. We don't have the foggiest idea who they are. You have to assume a certain percentage are murderers, rapists, you know, child predators, and we happen to know a certain percentage are. And of course, we have no idea what kind of illnesses they're bringing with them. None. Let alone the coronavirus. The science. Just remember the science. This is something that morons like Joe Scarborough and his wife and others cannot explain. These exclusions for illegal land, they can't explain it. So they just attack you, the American citizen. Because that gets them ratings with the 17 leftists who watch their program. And of course the North Korean generals. So here is Bill Mulligan, Fox News Today about ICE releasing, releasing illegals with criminal histories. Cut five, go. Meanwhile, we have been witnessing our own mass releases of illegal immigrants here in the RGV this week. This is video we shot yesterday in Brownsville where we saw well over 50 single adult male illegal immigrants just dropped off by ICE uh, near a parking garage in the city and released into the public. You're watching uh, as an NGO leads those men across the street to a bus terminal. Many of those men had ankle monitors on. Several of them were hiding their faces uh, from our cameras. An ICE agent came forward to me. who's been involved in mass releases and told me this has been discreetly going on since last spring. He told me that ICE has been releasing migrants with misdemeanor criminal records, including assault, DUI, drug possession, and illegal reentry. I reached out to ICE about that this morning. They did not deny it. They told me all releases are done on an individual case-by-case basis, and they consider all factors when doing so and back out here live i also asked that ice agent are u.s taxpayers footing the bill for migrant travel he told me they work with ngos the ngos will ask the families of those migrants to please provide an address and buy them a bus ticket or a plane ticket to a city of their choosing if that doesn't happen the ngo will buy the ticket themselves then bill the federal government for reimbursement that agent went on to tell me that he feels the biden administration has turned ice ero into an unofficial travel coordination agency and morale has never been lower Absolutely incredible. If that's not an impeachable offense, then we might as well remove the impeachment clause because only the Democrats use it, and they only use it unconstitutionally. Now, well, this isn't a dispute over a word in a transcript of a phone call that was perfectly fine, ladies and gentlemen. 
I wonder if the January 6th committee is going to investigate how many Americans have been killed, have been maimed, have been raped as a result of their policies on Capitol Hill and their policies in the White House, the Biden administration and the Democrat Party. I wonder if they're going to do an investigation into how many young Americans have died from fentanyl. Record numbers. Or are they going to do an investigation on how many young girls are now sex slaves and missing? Maybe this impeachment investigation can be conducted by the committee that oversees immigration. We've had the Intelligence Committee do it before. These are real impeachable offenses for official high crimes and misdemeanors. You're not free to ignore immigration laws. You're not free to ignore immigration laws. Now, I want you to listen when we return to border agents reaming out Alejandro Mayorkas because this was taped. It's going to be hard to hear, so when we come back, you'll need to raise your volume. We will raise ours as well. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Border agents to Alejandro Maraca on leak, this on a leaked audio. Try and play it as clearly as we can. I may have to read it out to you afterwards. Cut six, go. Every time something important comes here, uh, we rush out. We have 50 more buses that come in, and they take as many people out of here as they can. You guys keep saying you want to see how it really is down here. Why do we keep sending as many people out of here as we can before they get here? It's not really showing what it is. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I follow. Sorry. CPC, the whole area back here, before you come down, before anybody comes down, a senator, it doesn't matter. They bust as many people out here as they can to whatever other sector. It may appear that people are trying to showcase that everyday country story. We know that. I know that. The commitment remains, and we'll keep fighting. Let me, let me just say, you can turn your back on me, but I'll never turn your back, my back on you. Many of these ICE agents turn their back on him. Agent, every time someone important comes here, we rush out. Fifty more buses come in, and they take as many people as they can. 
You guys keep saying you want to see how it really is down here. Why do you keep sending as many people out of here as we, as we can before they get here? Mayorka says, I'm not exactly sure I follow. Sorry, and they laugh at him. Agent, that whole back there, that whole area, before you come down, before anybody comes down, a senator, it doesn't matter. They bus as many people out of here as they can to whatever other sector. It may appear that everything's hunky-dory. We know better. I know better. Mayorkas. The commitment remains that we'll keep fighting. And let me, let me just say, you can turn your back on me, because they turned their backs on him. But I'll never turn your back on my back on you. Do you even know English? Agent, you did the day you were appointed. ICE is furious. The Border Patrol is furious. What is going on here? is utter mayhem, anarchy, and lawlessness. It's bleeding into our cities. The crime. The school districts. Now who does this benefit? It benefits, apparently, the Democrat Party, or the Democrat administration wouldn't be doing this. Who else does it benefit? Nobody. This isn't in the best interests of the United States of America. It's not in the best interests of our school systems local law enforcement or hospital systems that are all overrun. This is a, an impeachable offense. And next hour, I know you've seen some of this on TV and so forth. It came to us the other day. Hat tip Rob Astorino, who's been an executive in Westchester and uh, New York and so forth. Government contractors at the Westchester Airport, they're bringing in illegal aliens to New York. The local cop in charge has no idea what they're doing. Again, that's enough. This is impeachable whether the Democrat Party likes it or not. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. 3811. All right, now as promised, we have these government contractors working for the feds who are moving illegal aliens throughout the country, including young males who do not have families with them, 
and some of whom have criminal records, and some of whom they have no idea what kind of records they have. We're paying for them. We're paying for their transportation. Some of them are being flown to locations. Some of them are being bused to locations. Some of them are being both. And apparently, in many cases, they get to choose where they want to go. I am virtually speechless about what's taking place in this country. And so we have these government contracts. They're at the Westchester Airport. Now, I remember when I was a young guy, Westchester, New York, was a rock rib Republican area, wasn't it, Mr. Producer? Not anymore. It's a Democrat area. And as the former executive there, Robert Astorinos, told us, it was targeted. It was targeted by the bureaucrats. The zoning issue about destroying the suburbs really started in Westchester, used as a guinea pig, and all these other things. And now, of course, they're dropping off illegal aliens into Westchester. They're doing this all over the country, except perhaps Wilmington and Delaware. I wish these governors, I don't mean the Larry Hogan types and the clown baker in Massachusetts, I mean real governors, Republican governors, would get together, have a plan, and do as DeSantis suggested, just bust them all into Wilmington. And I know we have an affiliate in Wilmington, and I apologize, but, hey, beanbag brain came out of Wilmington, there's nothing I can do about it. So you're going to hear, it's a little hard to hear, and if it's too hard to hear, I'll... Circle back, as the Pasaki likes to say. You're going to hear a contractor, and then you're going to hear a Westchester police sergeant. And then you're going to hear the contractor, and you're going to hear the sergeant again. So turn up the volume. <coughs> Excuse me. Cut seven. Go. We're not allowed to have the picture taken while we're on base. <laughs> yeah, look. Unbelievable. Yeah. And who's that by? DHS? Yes. Yeah. That in the United States Army. Safe, safe on the federal installation. So it's about DHS once every day. Yeah. On the download. I give you my state ID, but our work ID, we're not allowed to let uh, anyone right, take a The one that's right there? Yeah, we're not allowed to. Okay, I'll take your name. I don't care. State ID's yeah, fine. state ID, but my thing is, I like to comply. You know what I'm saying? I comply. Everybody, Easy. Yeah. Technically... We're not supposed to show IDs or anything like that. Like I said, everything's supposed to be hush-hush. But you know what? If I show you my ID and I'm up front with you, the next time you see me, hey, I know who he is. Yeah, it's easy. See what I'm saying? And then if you don't, I can just just not let you out. (laughs) Not only that, but you can also turn around and say, hey, you know what? I'm not in the Either. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't play that game, you know. I like, I like to easy, easy peasy. I like to throw sports. You got a job to do. I got a job to do. We all got jobs to do. All right. And we have another clip, but let me break that one down. So these contractors show up out of nowhere. They just show up. Contractor says, we're not allowed to have our picture taken when we get on base. Westchester Sergeant Michael Homborski. And who's that? By DHS? Contractor, yes. And the United States Army. You're on a federal installation, but DHS wants everything on the down low. Contractor, I can give you my state ID, but work IDs, we're not allowed to let anyone take away. Yeah, we're not allowed to. 
All right, so let's stop there. So they're operating in secret. This is a subterfuge. And they've been told in advance, local law enforcement or whatever, don't reveal yourselves. Don't reveal yourselves. Go ahead. Then it says, uh, let's see here. Okay, I'll take your name, says the police sergeant. I don't care. Your state ID is fine. Contractor, yes, state ID is working. Contractor, listen, my thing is I like to comply, and you heard the back and forth. But there was more. Cut eight, go. You don't want to be somewhere where the spotlight is here. You want to try to keep it as down low as possible. A lot of this is just no, I, I get it. I just like I said, stuff that we don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media. Yeah. Like we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. I get the whole secrecy and all this, but this is even about my. The government is betraying the American people. At the top, contractor, you don't want to be in somewhere the spotlight is. You want to try and be as down low as possible. A lot of this is just down low stuff that we don't tell people because we don't want to attract attention. We don't want the media. Like, we don't even know where we're going. And when they tell us, I get the whole secrecy and all that's S, but this is even about my F pay grade. The F, you know what I mean. You know why. Look who's in office. Sergeant Michael Hombrowski, Hombrowski rather. what's the big secret? Everybody knows it's happening. The contractor, if it gets out, the government is betraying the American people. Now we have Sergeant Hombrowski and the bus driver. The bus driver first. Cut nine, go. You trying to figure out what this is? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been having, uh, you know, you're on a, a secure facility here, and, and we don't really know anything, and we're in charge of security. So that's hence where we're having a problem here. So. Yeah, we're hanging out here on the tarmac, just yeah. like that. I don't know anybody. I used to pick up basketball teams that have more security. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No. And very easily, you know, few people could just go that way. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here to see Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's slowly coming together. But we also don't know, uh, you know, really what's, what's happening, how they're getting here, whatever else. So the bus driver says, well... You're trying to figure out what this is? Good luck. Sergeant Michael Homborski, Westchester cop. You're on a secure facility. We really don't know anything. We're in charge of security. That's where we're having a problem here. Bus driver. I used to pick up basketball teams that have more security. Sergeant Homborski. Slowly coming together. We still don't know what's really happening, how they're getting here. Is this how we're supposed to conduct immigration policy? 
secrecy, lies, moving people around so senators can't see them, dropping off people in the middle of the night without telling local officials who is in charge of this, who's calling the shots. I don't know any administration that could have gotten away with this but this one because of the media in this country. If the media made this an issue, it wouldn't be happening. People are being dropped off into your communities all over this country. You don't even know what's happening, let alone who they are. The federal government takes absolutely no responsibility for them once they drop them off. That is, if they commit crimes, track them down, make sure they show up for their uh, administrative judicial hearings. No, they don't. And then they tell you it's not happening. And when somebody brings it up, like Peter Ducey, they lie. Oh, yes, well, you know, they're subject to deportation under Section 42 and blah, blah, But you're not doing that. Your communities are being changed. If they were being changed for the better, wouldn't they tell you? If there weren't among the populations criminals and others or people with illnesses, such as the coronavirus, don't they have a responsibility to tell you? This administration cannot be defeated fast enough. The Democrats can't be thrown out on their asses fast enough. If you're a Democrat, and you voted for a Democrat who claims to be a moderate, you need to vote that person out. How many of these moderate Democrats, like uh, Godshot or whatever the hell his name is, how many of these moderate Democrats are taking a lead on trying to fight this? None of them. Now, they'll give you, uh, they'll spew nonsense right before the election, but what are they doing? They vote for the same speaker. Their leader's Joe Biden. Maybe they'll put out a press release just to mollify you and, compa- and, uh, and confuse you. No, this man needs to be impeached. He needs to be impeached. How many of these moderate Democrats will support that, ladies and gentlemen? How many of these moderate Democrats will support that, ladies and gentlemen? None. They're part of the problem. They're even worse. They pretend to be something else, but they give aid and comfort. This is what's going on in your country. If it wasn't for Fox, you wouldn't know this. You wouldn't even know this. Because the other networks don't have people down on the border on a regular basis finding out what's going on. Because they don't care. They're there to cover up. To keep things quiet. It's like I said a couple of weeks ago on Fox and here in Levin TV. Where's all the food kitchens? All of a sudden they've disappeared. I remember under Ronald Reagan they couldn't show us enough video. Where are all the homeless shelters? How come they're not there? Or even in the streets of L.A., in the streets of San Francisco, in the streets of New York and, and Philly, in most of these major cities, all these homeless people and the crime and the drugs. How come they're not there showing us what's actually going on in the belly of the Democrat Party beast? No, 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 you don't understand. There was an insurrection. We've got to go after Donald Trump. You don't understand. We've got to protect Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Joy Behar is on The View today. She's on The View every day, unfortunately. She's your typical moronic yenta who knows nothing. A real ditz, if you will. She says things that are radical and extreme, that are hateful. Nothing profound, nothing substantive. She's too stupid for that. She failed in radio, she failed in comedy, so of course, she's on network TV. She's a big mouth, she's a blabbermouth. That's what she is. She likes to attack people. She's an Alinskyite. Because of their race, because of their genitalia. She seems to be focused a lot on genitalia lately, doesn't she, Mr. Producer? And then she's there with Sonny Houston. They have these names that are actually the opposite of what they are. Like Joy Behar. Her name should be... What a depressed bastard Behar. I think that would be a better name, don't you? Or Sonny Houston. Sonny. It should be something to the effect of... I don't know, actually. It should be something like... Depressed, nitwittery, Sonny Houston. She's a lawyer. Did you know this? She's a lawyer. I don't know if she was a slip and fall lawyer. I don't know if she was an ambulance chaser. I do know this. She's another moron. And so it shouldn't even be called The View. It should be called Mornings with Morons, I think. I think that's what I'll call it for now on, Mr. Producer. Mornings with Morons. We can't call them women. We're not allowed to do that anymore. They cannot be identified by their presumed genitalia. Sonny Houston's down for the revolution in her mansion. I think she lives on like five acres, doesn't she, Rich? Big, big home. Very, very wealthy. She and her family. She's down for the revolution. I don't know where Joy Behar lives. In some sewer system. Nonetheless, here she is. Cut 12, go. Well, you know, it's you could make the case that, that somebody like Amy Coney Barrett uh, was put in there because she's a white woman yeah. who they say, well, she'll go against abortion rights, and she's a woman. So that was deliberate, I think. Clarence Thomas, a, a black right, guy. Okay, 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 hold on a second. I'm no fan these days of her, Barrett. I think she's... She's uh, she's she's been uh, I think she's betrayed a lot of people in terms of her uh, application of the Constitution. I but I, I I think she was put in there because she's a woman. You're not allowed to say that, you idiot. Uh, she's a uh, birthing person. I think she was put in there uh, so she goes against abortion rights and she can say she's a woman. What deep thinking as she slobbers her way through. I wouldn't want to be in the green room watching her eat an apple, would you, Mr. Producer? So that was deliberate, I think. And then Clarence Thomas, a black guy. You notice how white leftists, particularly white left-wing women, can talk about black guys? Go ahead. 
man of justice, okay, I'll give it to him. He's a smart guy. But he is to the right of Attila the Hun, this guy. And they put how him do in you, there. Uh, how do you know anything, number one, about Attila the Hun? Because you don't. And number two, what have you read that he's written? Hey, look. He's the right of Attila the Hun. This is highbrow here at the Mornings with Morons here. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, a black man will go against voting rights, which is what he does. And it was a terrible... uh, When did he go against voting rights? When did Clarence Thomas go against voting rights? Just because he doesn't support the radical left-wing agenda. When did he go against voting rights? What, uh, What case are you talking about? You're talking about the 1965 Act? Do you know what it says? Do you know what the trigger mechanisms are in there? We're the clapping seals by about now. Shouldn't they be jumping in, the audience, handpicked? I think they move between uh, Stephen Colbert's audience and, uh, and the Mornings with Morons. Go ahead. Very tricky business they're pulling over there when you think about it. Not to ah, mention shut up, fact- you idiot. You slobbering buffoon. Should be doing a lounge act in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I'll be right back. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. We're having some fun now, aren't we, folks? I would say so. So we have this sunny Houston, I guess her name is. Houston, Houston, whatever. And there's nothing sunny about her. Dreary Houston, I guess we'll call her. And she's on The View today, and she speaks for the entire African-American community. How do we know? Well, she assumes that position. That's how. It's that simple. Here we have Sarah Haynes. Who the hell is Sarah Haynes? Is she another Yenta? Oh. Nobody knows who any of these people are. It's the funniest damn thing. Nobody knows. Joy Behar, bump into her at the bagel store. Hey, hey, Joy, hey. With all the tuna fish in her face. Oh, she's eating tuna. No, tonight it's, a, it's egg salad. And there's Sunny Houston, woman of the people, living in a huge mansion on several acres, down for the revolution. And there's Sarah Haynes. Who's that? Who the hell knows? Go ahead. Considering the uneven kind of uh, court we have right now, it's so important. We must that- have an even court right now. It must be even. What does that mean? Who knows? Do you have to have an IQ of negative five and a half to be on this show? I think you do. I think you do. Go ahead. Happening on a, in a time where we can get another liberal, and of course, the representation more than anything you pointed out. So we can get black- another liberal on the court. You see, that's the goal. That's all. Not to understand the Constitution and apply. We just need another. It's all about politics. It's politics in our science. Politics in our doctor's office. Politics with abortion. That's not a life. You women, you aren't carrying a baby. No, you're not carrying another life. Why take care of it? It's just a choice. Just a choice. Why eat well? It's just a choice. No big deal. Go ahead. And there's only been two black men in it, it, that those numbers are how many black shocking. men are on the view mr. producer 
No, she doesn't count. There are no black men on The View. Why is that? I mean, don't we want it sort of uh, even, an even view, is to quote uh, Sarah Haynes? She said there's only been two black men on the court. There's one black man on the court now. I wonder what they think of that black man who's on the court. Go ahead. It doesn't really represent the black community. No, oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. It doesn't really represent the black Is that what's going on now on the court? So we now have uh, representation on the court based on race and genitalia. and This is insanity. When you go in front of a court, that's not what you're looking for. We're not talking about a jury here. We're talking about a court. When you're going in front of a judge, you want that judge to look at you as a plaintiff or defendant, some kind of a complainant, whatever, as a human being. This is unbelievable. And we want a liberal on the court. This is why they won't have somebody like me on The View, Mr. Producer. I could take... How many of them are on there? Four or five? Five? Joy Behar kind of counts as half, maybe. Four and a half on The View. I could defeat them. I could take them with one arm tied behind my back. The question is, to what end? I don't like sitting in the middle of a circle of loudmouth yentas. Do you, Mr. Producer? Oh, can you imagine? That's more than stereo insanity. More than stereo. Oh, how much? How much? How much can we take? Uh, I love these white guys like Tim Kaine. You want to hear Tim Kaine? He's on MSNBC. Look, what do you want? What do you... You got to hear the, it's, it's unbelievable. All these white guys and white women, they're going to say, we need, we need these institutions to look like America. So remove your sorry ass from that chair and give it to some, no, no, not me, not me. I'm righteous. Then we have Tim Kaine. A real putz. Cut 16, please. So the, the reason the identity issues are important, Chuck, is that the court for so Chuck, long... wait a minute. This must be Chuck Todd. Is Chuck Todd an African-American, Mr. Producer? Is Tim Kaine an African-American? No. Wow. All these white leftists talking about the lack of minority representation. Go ahead. Only pulled from a very tiny part of the American talent pool. So, well, then right. resign, you jackass. There's plenty of minorities in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We only have two senators. We were told the Senate was set up by slave owners or something. I forget. One, you know, all the institutions. And so you're part of that, too. But, Timmy, may I call you Timmy? Timmy, step aside, demonstrate. None of them demonstrate with their own careers. None of them. By the way, I want to tell my friend uh, Jesse Waters, he says, the Commonwealth of Virginia, what's that all about? They weren't talking about economics. The Commonwealth was a colonial term, really goes back to Britain and so forth. And there are a number of Commonwealths, so-called, in this uh, country. Pennsylvania's a Commonwealth, Massachusetts a Commonwealth, and there's two or three others. Two or three others. 
Um, let's go to Patrick Leahy. Now, Patrick Leahy has a, a perpetual uh, sound to him as if he is forever drunk. But I can assure you it's not the case. I mentioned that many years ago, and I was attacked. How dare I call this man a drunk? So I would never call Patrick Leahy a drunk because obviously he's not a drunk. So why would I call him a drunk? I said he sounds like a drunk. I didn't say he is a drunk. Now he's an ass and a schmuck. That he is, and I'll call him that. But I never said he was a drunk. That was his buddy Ted Kennedy. Cut 17, go. I, I worry when it becomes uh, just a one-party kind of vote. I think it's hurting the credibility of the, uh, of the Supreme Court when such nominees are put in there. I wish we'd go back to the time when we'd come together. Can we come to, now, this guy's been in the Senate since 1974, since Watergate. Since war, when he, I believe he was elected, he was like 36 years old. Before that, he was a prosecutor in the county, I mean, the state of Vermont. That's it. And uh, he was involved in all the sleaziest tactics that this committee developed over the course of his tenure in the Senate. He, it was the Three Stooges, really. He... Kennedy and Biden, actually four stooges, another guy by the name of Simon, a senator from uh, Illinois. I was going to say something, but I better not. I might be banned from radio. Uh, but anyway, so, um, and so Leahy said, I, I, I wish for the time <laughs> when we had unity. I really do. So now the Republicans need to get behind whomever Biden nominates. You know, the way the Democrats did with Kavanaugh and Thomas and Bork and Alito and, uh, and on and on and on. Just get behind, you know, unite behind the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, that's what we got to do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, this is uh, very, very troubling, Mr. Producer. Let me pull this up here, please. One minute, folks. So I get this. Uh, CNN is leading tweeted, a senior Ukrainian official says that the Biden-Zelensky call, where Biden is calling uh, Putin's right-hand gopher, did not go well, quote-unquote, and excuse me, uh, Zelensky, let me correct that, that's the president of Ukraine. He says the Biden-Zelensky call did not go well, and Biden told Zelensky a Russian invasion is virtually certain, warning the country should prepare for the impact. Unbelievable. I hope you'll watch and remember to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. I know there's football on. You can watch it live or you can DVR the program. Those of you who are protesting football and others who don't care for it, you can see us live. But please DVR it if you don't, if you're not able to. 
Um, half of the show we're going to discuss Russia, the other half China, because I believe they're coordinating now. And one of the foremost experts on this really is Tom Cotton. You know, a lot of shows bring senators in, one from the other, like there's some kind of a burlesque show where they're doing the Rockettes, where they're dancing. I don't do that stuff. It's a long-form interview. Tom Cotton is battle-hardened. He understands these things, Russia and China, so I wanted to talk to him. And, of course, there's no bigger expert than Gordon Chang when it comes to communist China and how they're coordinating China and Russia. And there's a number of things I want to talk about, very, very important things, because, ladies and gentlemen, we may well be on the precipice of war. Not because I'm a warmonger and urging it. I'm just saying we may be on the precipice of war. And there's not enough discussion about this. There's not enough national discussion about this. There's not enough leaders coming forward and talking to us. And in many respects, we're not prepared. So I want to cover all these topics. You know, war and peace is a big deal. I know there's football. I don't blame you. I got it. But really, if you can't watch it live, in my humble opinion, you really need to DVR it because it's the only show that's going to dig deeply into this stuff. That's it. I have one guest, two guests. That's it. So, and they're the right guests for the right time. And of course, you're listening to the right host at the right time. In my humble opinion, of course. Well, we know why we're here. Uh, we know who pushed for this so-called commander-in-chief, his wife, and the rest of his family, the Democrat Party, and the media. This is on them, in terms of our side. But don't get me wrong. What Russia does in Ukraine is not our fault. What China does with Taiwan is not our fault. Don't, don't get me wrong, they're the enemy. But at least let's acknowledge they're the enemy. And in the case of Biden, does he intend war? No. Neither did Neville Chamberlain. But he's a buffoon. He's not mentally up to the job. He's never been mentally up to the job, even when he was much younger. Much younger. And he's created a number of provocations by showing weakness and a failure to commit to our allies. We have American citizens who are still in Afghanistan, and I'm pretty sure for Putin and Xi and Un and all the rest of it, that really grabbed their attention. They watched more closely than we did the surrender in Afghanistan and the consequences. In addition to the human toll, $85 billion in equipment, we've never seen anything like this before. And neither had the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans, or the Iranians. When you look at Iran, they're walking all over Biden in this administration. Iran knows that they're going to succeed in getting a nuclear weapon and multiple nuclear weapons, and it'll be in the course of this administration within the next year or so. And what is Biden doing? He opened the oil spigot to them so they have more money to work with. Uh, he had South Korea pay the dues at the UN for the, uh, for the Iranians. Trump had them on the ropes. Even the UK and others are putting out word that what the United States is trying to do with Iran is, is shameless. It's, it's unbelievable. You look at Russia, he comes in, he cancels a, uh, a nuclear deal we have with the Russians to limit what they could do unilaterally. He unilaterally 
opens the pipeline between Russia and Germany. Um, just a disgrace. They see this. They see it. Communist China sees it too. How he bends over backwards. But that whole family's paid off by the communist Chinese, in my opinion. And in the opinion of uh, Peter Schweikert, who knows exactly what's going on. Exactly the wrong man in the Oval Office. Exactly the wrong party in control. AOC, Pelosi, Schumer calling the shots in Congress. They're not even focused on what's going on in the world. Unbelievable. But we'll stick together. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep focused on it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless each and every one of you. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. Take care. Take care.